I am so delighted that each of you has joined Unbox today. It is a video podcast created for Favored by the Father Ministries. And I am Barbara Arlene Fields Rion, your host. Our featured guests will share how they stepped out of comfort zones to become unboxed. We share experiences that lead to the fulfillment of purpose. And I do pray that each episode will help our audience access their destiny. Our guest today is none other than Bryce McKinley. I believe Bryce is in Texas right now, and I am thrilled to have him on the show. This man of God is uh, recently a man who has delivered his initial sermon, and I was privileged to virtually attend. Bryce is a 12 times, yes, I said 12 times, best-selling author, speaker, evangelist, and, and a pastor. When I asked how he'd like to be introduced on the podcast, his uh, title for today is Invest in Yourself. And I know he's all about trusting Jesus, as you can see at the top of his head. So we welcome Bryce. Uh, and thanks for being here. I'm excited Bryce to McKinley. be here. I, I'm, I'm honored. Thank you so much, Barbara. Thank you. I'm excited to do this. I would like, great. I would like for you to tell um, our listeners and our viewing audience how we know each other. Because I bet they really want to know. Yeah. I uh, I got to admit, I'm hearing some background music. I don't know if you're playing music on your end, but that might be creating that lag or drag. But um, how we met? Yeah. Gosh through through a a network of relationships you know when i think of invest in yourself i think about you know in order to pour into others you have to have people pour into you otherwise you just become an empty vessel and uh you know we we have been fortunate enough through our years of business and networking to make a collaboration of, of people and events come together. And uh, I was invited by our mutual friend, Chad, to join him and, and our friend Craig out in Washington, D.C. And, you know, we thought we were going to hang out with a whole bunch of professional athletes and, and pray over some professional athletes. And next thing you know, we're invited to the Senate and had dinner with the Senator of, of, uh, Arkansas or Oklahoma, I believe, Oklahoma. And and it was just an honor and a blessing to spend that time with you and our mutual friends there at the Senate in Washington, D.C. Amen to all of that. It was really a thrill. I'd like to begin, uh, part of the beginning is for you to talk about your passion in life in those early days. Yeah, so for me... When I, when I think about my, my passion in, in my childhood or my teenage years, uh, I have to do some reflection, right? Like in the moment as children or as teenagers, we don't really know what that is. We just kind of do things naturally. And then we get to reflect back. And I think of 
you know, my, my good friend and who is now deceased, but I've worked with him on several things. Uh, Zig Ziglar, you might've, might've heard of that name. If you haven't listening to him, he's notorious sure. for saying you can have anything in life, your heart's desire. If you help enough people get what they want, help enough people get what they want. You can have anything your heart's desire. And I realized that unknowingly early on, I I've always been great at sales and persuasion and call it manipulation as a teenager because I was not the 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 greatest teenager and in, in adolescent I got myself into a lot of trouble and part of that was sales and persuasion and and that's been a passion throughout my life and and helping people get what they want in turn getting you know what I desired out of it and so as a young you know child and teenager I was always selling something from eight years old to, you know, selling newspapers to as a teenager, hanging out with the wrong crowd, selling things that would get you in trouble. <laughs> and uh, as a young adult, you know, in the automotive industry, and then now real estate and speaking and selling coaching and consulting programs and things like that. So sales and, and persuasion has been a passion of mine throughout my entire life. And it started early on as a child. I'm hearing the word persuasion in everything that you said. And as an evangelist, if we are not able to uh, understand the language of persuasion, how could we mm. ever share our testimonies and encourage people to trust Jesus? There Amen. we go again. Yeah. Amen. Invest in yourself by trusting Jesus. I think that our audience can see what it is that your fabric is made of going back to your childhood. And even now, because our passions do flow into who we have become. And so as you reflect back on the tumultuous years of your life, because you and I have shared uh, several times before, and I know some of your stories and your testimony, but what was the happiest moment of your life? Mm. That, that's a tough question, you know, and, and when I think of like the happiest moment, I, I, I don't know that I could really nail it down to one thing. It, it's again, that compilation that makes us who we are, you know, yeah. things compound upon themselves to either lift us up or tear us down. And it depends on the mindset and, and what we have, right? I mean, you may be listening to this and think, gosh, you know, I've had some happy moments, but I've had more down moments, or maybe you're, on the positive side and you've had more happy than, than negative. For me, the most happiest moment of my life is, is the daily reflection, the daily reflection of just the grace of God. And, and I like to call it chess, watching God play chess in my life and continuing to show up even when I wasn't aware of it. Right. Um, I can remember a time when I think of happy moments, you know, I can remember a time as a child living in, you know, the housing projects of Chicago and having a neighbor friend of mine meet me downstairs at the little faucet. We, you know, we called it the sprinkler, but it was really a glorified faucet that was broken in the neighborhood that the kids played in. And there was so much joy, just unabashed joy not having a care in the world. And I can picture that moment over and over. And then I think of that same joy when I think about the struggles and, and, you know, okay. Paul talks about this, right. in 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 the epistles and, and how we need to learn to have joy through the suffering. 
And mm-hmm. so I think about those times when I suffered the joy on the other side of that, the relief from that moment. And I couldn't nail it down to one other one thing over the other, because there's been such a road of, of ups and downs in my life Certainly, to where each one just feels a little bit better as I age. It's like wine, you know, it gets better with age because the older and wiser and more knowledgeable I get, the happier I get, the more joy I have just seeing that even when I thought I was in control, mm-hmm. he was, he Amen. was. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And so as we know that God is the one in control, let us dump some more of the puzzle pieces of your life out and see how God has helped you to put them together. Have you ever felt boxed in? Tell us about it's going to be difficult, but a crucial mm. time when you stepped out of the box. Yeah. You know, it was September 28, 2011. It was hot. Texas is not cool on most days compared to me living up north, you know, when it's 40 degrees, that's still sweatshirt weather for me. That's cold for Texans. Uh, But I remember hot and sweaty sleeping in my car. I'd been homeless for a few months at that point after losing tens of millions of dollars, had a son that I had lost to a homicide, a wife to a suicide. And I felt boxed in. I had just gotten sole custody of my son didn't know where I was going to go next in my life. I had 32 bucks to my name and I wrote a letter to my son and I wrote a letter to my mom and I had had enough. I felt boxed in. Mm -hmm. And in that moment of desperation, I don't recommend this. However, at that moment, feeling that boxed in with no way out, I, I gave God kind of the ultimatum. I'm like, show up. And if you're anything that you say you are, half of what they say you are, show up. And I remember crying out in desperation and attempting to take my life. You know, I've got a 40 cal pistol that sits next to my bed and a gun safe every night. Hasn't jammed since, had never jammed before. And in that moment, I stepped out of the boat, stepped out of the box and just said, show up. If you're anything that you say you are, I'll follow you. And as we can see in here, I'm here. I'm here. (laughs) He showed up and uh, I stepped out of the box or as I like to say, I stepped out of the boat and started taking that walk one moment, one day at a time, one Mm -hmm. step at a time. And he showed up. My gun jammed and within 24 hours of just walking one step at a time. Uh, that's really where my faith comes. That's where I started investing in myself, investing in my spiritual walk, mostly at that moment in my life. And, you know, I seen miracle after miracle. I'm talking the book of Acts in the New Testament type of miracles in my life from an old client wiring me $20,000 from an unpaid invoice to finding a niche in real estate and building a multi-million dollar business to only sell it to learn more business things and wisdom and knowledge that I didn't have before to shut it down and sell it off to start it all over again these last couple of years and half the time do what I would have done in 10 years in 18 months. And so, you know, when I think of that box, it it has to come from 
that September 28, 2011 moment where I stepped out in faith and started walking with the Lord. That changed my life and I'll never be the same. Without a doubt, you have an amazing story and every piece that you share, uh, I'm sure resonates with our audience. And so our whole purpose of this broadcast of this podcast is to help the audience access their destiny as they listen mm. to our guests talk about these these things that catapulted them outside of a box. And so yeah. uh, as you consider all of these things, the tragedy, the trauma, um, all of it together with those happy moments as well, what do you consider as you summarize it all as your ultimate purpose? Bryce McKinley, what is your ultimate purpose yeah you know there's a the revelations 12 11 right mm-hmm. it says that we are overcomers or, or conquerors by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony and i think that especially us believers we get hung up on that first half and and that's part of my purpose but that's not all of it. I think the the most important part that gets left behind, and when I consider what is my purpose, mm-hmm. it's that second part that gets forgotten about, and it's loving not my life even until death, like giving it all to him until the day that I die. And oh, so yeah. while I share my testimony, and that is my purpose, fulfilling it until death is the ultimate purpose. Right. Being consistent. And and you said it earlier, you know, I'm an evangelist and I've never been confident in claiming that. And now I claim it. I am an evangelist. And and, you know, I I got to speak and preach my first. I've spoke all over the world, Barbara. I've spoke with Tony Robbins and Ty Lopez, John Maxwell. I'm speaking with uh, Lee Strobel here in a couple weeks or a couple months. And some of the greatest, biggest names when you think of influencers and speakers or coaches, I've been hired by and or worked for them. Mm -hmm. I've never had the pleasure until recently stepping into the ultimate purpose and and claiming I am an evangelist and it's my opportunity. It's not just a responsibility. It's an opportunity because I get to, I ain't got to step into purpose because like the word says, right? Like many are called, but few are chosen. I believe the few that are chosen are the ones that say, pick me, put your hand up, jump in the ring with the rest of us prayer warriors and evangelists and ushers and whomever. You don't have to be an evangelist to fulfill your purpose. But for me, God has asked me to speak on his behalf so that others hear and see him and his light and his grace and his love through me. And, and it's the highest honor I could imagine. And I get to do that. And so I, I you know, the last couple of years I've taken a hiatus. I, I felt God tell me, you know what you're supposed to do. Now I need you to shut up and listen to me before you speak for me. And uh, I was able to break out of that shell. He gave me the go ahead. And in December, I preached my first sermon. And I remember the overwhelming peace of almost feeling or hearing that well done, good and faithful servant. Keep going, keep going. And so that ultimate purpose is not only overcoming by sharing that testimony and accepting that grace and the blood of the lamb. It's also 
doing it until death because I get to, I ain't got to. I love it. That's a sermon right there. <laughs> it really is. I mean, this is recorded, so you will be able to no. pull from it whenever you like. And so will I. You know, if other people hear this out of my mouth, they know from whom I got it. As you invest in yourself, uh, my brother, uh, as you trust Jesus to do what it is that he called you to do, what is next on the horizon for you as you continue to trust Jesus? Yeah, so... When I think about, gosh, that's a great question. When I think about what's next, I, I think about, you know, where and how values are formed and not just the transactional, right? Like what's next on the horizon? Well, there's the, always going to be that next thing. And the God that I serve, I don't know about you, but he said, he told me once that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah. And so there's not a God of next. There's not a God of the next president or the next pandemic or the next vaccine or the next job. He's consistent and he yes. just does the thing today that reveals and produces fruit tomorrow. And so for me, when I think of what's next, it's planting the seed now. And so I, I mentioned, right, like this business journey, I've done really well for myself in business and I've done really bad for myself in business. However, I never looked at those failures as failures as much as I looked at those failures as feedback. Wow. How do we grow? How do we sharpen? What do we learn from this? And the things that I've been learning these last 24, 18 to 24 months is just taking one step slowly and confidently knowing that he's right by my side, if not right behind me saying, well done. And so when I see and look into the future, I plan today for the fruit that happens tomorrow. And I know that was kind of a long fluffy way to say, God gave me this vision. And in this vision, he gave me a vision of, of speaking on a stage with millions of people, sharing my testimony translated into multiple languages simultaneously. And how do I do that with the tools and skills that he's given me? And so I put together a vision board at the beginning of, or the end of last year for, for next year. And the only thing that it said on there was building my Colossus. And Colossus is another word for a large ship or a boat, right? right and right. God gave me that word that I am building the Colossus that is going to bring his message through my team and I to the world. And it's really neat. I wish that, you know, we had the time to break it down, but there is this tree, an oak tree right? I think it's Isaiah talks about being planted like an oak tree. And there's this oak tree that represents kind of who God is forming me to be for mm -hmm. others. And then I didn't know who would be involved. So I've got like pictures of my son and my wife and my daughter. And then I've got pictures of just random people's faces all over the, the, the vision board. And that's it. And mind you, I've done vision boards before that have offices and boats and cars and money and ministry and all that. The only thing that I'm focused on is building the ark that God has asked me to build to bring the message to the masses. And so what's next for me, it's one board at a time. It's one person in the seat to fulfill and drive that ark 
to bring the gospel to as many people as humanly possible, whether that's through my business, through podcasts, through speaking engagements, through coaching. It's all a part of that colossus or that arc that God's called me to do and build. It really is a wonderful way that you're pulling that together. And I know that our audience, I know that I am pulling from you what it takes to be Mm. successful with ultimate purpose. And it's different for everybody, but it's the same. And you're articulating that quite well. You've been through a lot in your life and we've heard both sides of it. And so now as we project from the past, uh, we've talked about the present into the future now. When you think about, you have children, you've got a lovely Mm -hmm. family, And you think about not your grandchildren, but I like to project all the way to the next generation. Think about your great grandchildren and you think about what you would have told your younger self. Is there any wisdom that you want to pass on to them, your great, great grandchildren? What do you wish uh, for Mm. them? What do you pray for them? What do you think they need to know? It's such a loaded question. I love it. It is. You know, for me, one of the things that I had to come up with, and and I think that this works for people like myself that are high level visionary and even better for people that are very in the details and structured. I had to come up with some foundations and some ground rules. Um, I call them core values. Right. For me, um, if I were to pass this down to my younger self or my generations of generations, it's coming up with the fundamental core values that our family, that our team, that our business, that our, you know, community lives by and strives by. And these are my core values. Number one is trust Jesus. Yeah. Because whether you realize it, like it or want to accept it, he is who he says he is. And if you put a little bit of faith and and faith like a mustard seed, like the word says, he'll water it. He'll take care of it. You know, it's interesting because a lot of religion has said, you just need that little bit of faith. Well, I think that that little bit of faith is different because one fun fact about that mustard seed, especially those of us that have grown in church, we just need a little bit. Just let him do the work. I don't like that as much as I do thinking about the fact that the mustard seed is so small that it's yeah. the only seed that is indivisible. Like it can't be split and cloned like other seeds and nuts. It's a so small and so indivisible that it's planted and foundation is so strong that when it's watered and when it's nurtured, it has no other choice but to produce. And so my first and foremost fundamental core value is to trust Jesus because he is what he says he is, whether you like it, agree with it or not. Number two, I believe that you should always have a no big deal attitude. You know, when the winds hit the sails and the ship is rocking, as they say, when the ship is rocking, don't come knocking. Well, that's not because you don't want help. It's because you should stay the course and know that if you can fix it, why worry? Fix it. If you can't fix it, whatever it is, why worry? That's it. 
So I lived this like teeter totter life on core value. Number two of having this no big deal attitude, because when crap hits the fan, if you can fix it, fix it. But if you can't, why worry? And uh, yeah, so that's core value number two. Core value number three that I would hope that my grandchildren and great and great and great children know and learn is having a no big deal attitude or otherwise put live life as if there's always another explanation. Because if God will reveal himself, he will reveal himself. And so if you live as if there's another explanation, you get to see and produce and help others see the label on the outside of their own jar. You know, I think of a story. Um, I was on my way home from the office one day and I got cut off in traffic. And how many times have you kind of wanted to give somebody, you know, the three line finger, <laughs> right? Or how many times have you wanted to like just be upset because someone cut you off in traffic? Well, I thought for a second, you know, I, I was frustrated. I think I flashed my lights at the guy and then I got off on my exit. And then I realized the guy was two cars behind me and he went into the turn lane. So I got into the turn lane because in between those two events, I realized there's got to be another explanation. And wouldn't you know, I pulled into the parking lot that he pulled into and I pulled up next to him and he didn't know I was there. And I kind of beeped at him, honked my horn. And I said, are you okay? Mm-hmm. And he said, why? Is everything okay? And I said, well, you cut me off out there, but you didn't seem like yourself. And I don't know you, but I get the impression that you're, you're going through something. Wow. And he just unloaded on me. He had just found out on his way home in rush hour traffic that his wife had just passed away. Mm-hmm. There's always another explanation. And you have the opportunity to find out what that is. Maybe someone is having a bad day. Maybe they are rude, but maybe it's because of a hiccup, hurt, or hang up in their past that they're transmitting into their present. And so when you live life as if there's another explanation, you have an opportunity to minister. You have an opportunity to be a friend. You have an opportunity to be human and just look for the best in everyone. And then lastly, I believe that you should know your numbers. And that's not just knowing your KPIs in business, your key performance indicators. It's knowing your numbers, knowing I am X amount of years into this life and have an expectancy of why, you know, maybe it's, you know, you, you're, you know, white male, you've got an expectancy of to live, you know, an average age of 82 years old. Well, if you're 45, your days are numbered. You're on the downward slope. If you are, you know, Asian American or Asian descent, you've got a life expectancy of 97. If you know those numbers, you can kind of gauge things, but also know how many times have you called your friend this year? Mm. How many times? If you got down on your knees this year and prayed just because, not because you wanted to or you needed something. And so I track everything in my life. I track my prayer life. I track my food. I track my business. I track, I've got a husband wife meeting every Wednesday and Saturday, standing meeting to meet with my wife to make sure my businesses and my finances and my family are taken care of. And we share with each other. And so 
tracking or knowing your numbers is not just a business KPI thing. Yes, I check my bank account every morning and it's not because I love money. It's because if I know where that is, I know what I can do over here, right? And it's more than that. It's knowing your friendships. It's knowing how many touches, things like that, right? Like, Barbara, I know that I've messaged you two times since we met and I'm not been a great friend. At the same time, you also know that I'm swamped and busy and you've been a blessing in my life to do it more than I have. And so it's things like that, that like I track everything. And, you know, some wise person once said, if it's not tracked, it can't be managed. How are Mm. you going to manage better relationships and conversations and more money and give more money and serve better and serve longer and be more purposeful if you're not tracking or knowing your numbers? And so those are my fundamental core values. And then uh, I think fifth and last one is always have a coach or a mentor. You've uh-huh. got to have someone or some place to dump so that you can be poured into. And you need someone on the outside of your jar to point out the label or blind spots that you may be missing. And so that's what I would share. I think everyone should have some core values. Those are mine and I live by them daily. You have dropped some amazing nuggets on us that we can press replay and take notes and part make them a part of our life. And I just so appreciate that. And I don't know when, but we, we're going to schedule you to come back and share some other things because I really want you to tell us about uh, your nonprofit as well, where you're working with the homeless. But we don't have time for that today. But we, I do know that, that you're doing that because you are Coach Sharpen in that regard. And so is there anything else that you'd like to tell our, our audience today uh, as we draw this to a conclusion, our unboxed episode? Anything else you want to share about your work? Yeah. Let me just say this. Everything you've been taught or, or have learned nine times out of 10, it's because the person teaching it or the curriculum you've learned it from is manipulating or conforming you to do the thing that they expect, not what you expect. Wow. Sure. You want to be successful, grow up, get good grades, go to school, get better grades, put yourself in debt, go get a great job. That's how I feel about that. There's a reason why, you know, in America, for example, our, our job placement declines every year for natural American born citizens because other people are working harder than us and they're putting in better Mm -hmm. effort and they're being paid less for the same work that you and I could do. There's a reason why there are glass ceilings because of, you know, whether it's racism or ignorance or stigmas, whatever it may be, just know that what you're hearing and what you're seeing is not what you're hearing or you're seeing. And I I like to refer to real estate because that's what I've made most of my money in these last 12 to 15 years. You know, we've been conditioned over the last hundred years to go hire a realtor or an attorney to process our estate, our will, our, our, you know, trust accounts, things like that upon death. And yet, You could save yourself thousands of dollars by walking into a local courthouse and asking for the same forms and they'll help you fill it out. And for a hundred bucks, you could do the same thing. An attorney will charge you tens of thousands of dollars for mind blowing. 
right? Or selling a realist piece of real estate. Like you do not need to be a realtor or have a realtor in that transaction taking eight to 10% of that deal when you could literally meet the person if you understood marketing, don't get me wrong, realtors are paid a premium because they make it convenient for you. That's how mm -hmm. they're compensated. That's also the position that they sell you. When all you need to do is go to one of many sites or call someone like myself to walk you through it because I almost lost everything because I didn't know and I wasn't educated in that arena. And so I learned that for pennies on the dollar, I could do the same thing that they were doing and do it better because I had a simple process. And so, you know, 10,000 plus real estate transactions later, I've only used a realtor maybe 10 to 15 times because it was made sense for convenience or it was a high end property or whatever. And so, you know, I would say read. We're all leaders in our community. We're all leaders in our family, whether you're a big brother or a little brother or a big sister, a little sister, an aunt, an uncle, a mom, a dad, a grandparent. We are leaders. And the one thing that I've learned over the years is that true leaders are readers. So if it's five minutes a day or if it's 50 minutes a day, take the time to educate yourself on something you want to learn and something that you should learn. I've got a 13-year-old that has read hundreds, if not thousands of books and books that most of us adults wouldn't even pick up or look at. And I'm proud to say now he averages two and a half to three books a month at like college level because it's a discipline that I've instilled. My parents never did for me. And now I do the same thing because I've created that habit and discipline. And so, you know, the, the Bible tells us that wisdom is something that we should be seeking and how else to do it than grabbing some from somebody that's already paved the road ahead of us. So leaders are readers. That's what I'd leave with you. And if you want to learn real estate, I would be honored to show you a few things to help put more money in your pocket. And that's what I do best. I've, I've made a lot of people a lot of money in the real estate space. And so now I need you to let our listeners know how they can connect with you. So we yeah, have an audio easy. version, so tell them how to connect with you. Yeah, that, that's easy for me. Uh, Google my name, Bryce McKinley, B-R-Y-C-E, last name McKinley, M-C-K-I-N-L-E-Y. You can't miss me. I'm all over mm -hmm. the internet. I don't have millions of followers because I usually don't let a lot of people follow me, but I do have a team that answers all of the questions. And if you reach out and you tell me specifically you heard this story or have this question and you heard it from this podcast, I will happily jump in personally and, and personally respond to you. Um, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook at Coach Sharpen. Um, I believe as iron sharpens iron, so does one another to his brother. But it's even more for me. Sharpen is an acronym that stands for selflessly helping already persons. You've got to be eager and serious because I can only work with people that are serious about working with me. Sharpen is an acronym for selflessly helping already persons eager for nurturing. Amen. Amen. With all of that said, my dear friend, Bryce McKinley, we hear your passion about mm. your calling. We hear your energy about everything that you undertake on the good or on the bad side. And I just want my listeners, our audience to know that you are a genuine guy and you're actually just fun to be around. 
I just love you to pieces. And probably we'll have you back on the show. You just click that button again and schedule yourself to come back. And we'll we'll find the time and the space to have you back to share more because there's so much in there that I want everybody to know. Thank you again for taking the time out of such a busy day to be with me today. That means the world to me. God bless you. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I love you, lady, so much. God bless. I love you as well. And so as we give our little uh, closing here, we just want to remind our audience that um, you can join us for our next podcast episode on every Thursday. We will air this. I'm so excited that we have officially launched already. And so you can join us uh, for stimulating conversations, sharing experiences that are authentic and real. We spend about 30 minutes or so and we're going to post after three o'clock on Thursdays as we evolve. Understand that we're like a butterfly fluttering out of a box, coming out and allowing the Holy Spirit to advance us to immeasurable heights in the Lord. So I want you to fulfill your purpose and remain favored by the Father. God bless you. In a world where faith takes root and blossoms, comes a journey of growth like no other. Blooming for Christ, a captivating exploration of spirituality and the remarkable parallels between a plant's journey and our own. Just as a seed must germinate to become a thriving plant, our spiritual timeline begins with a single decision. Through the insightful words of Reverend Barbara Brian, this book takes you on a transformative quest. A journey of growth that echoes the stages of a plant's life. From the tender shoot of a young believer bravely facing the world, to the full bloom of faith experiences shared and cherished. As seeds of faith are sown, New believers are nurtured, and the cycle continues just as God intended. But the journey doesn't end there. As the plant matures, so does the believer, becoming God's chosen harvester in gardens of divine purpose. Reverend Brian's guidance rooted in scripture and wisdom gently leads you through the seasons of your spiritual life. Join us on this journey of discovery and renewal a journey that unveils the beauty of your faith and the transformative power of God's love. Blooming for Christ, embrace your season of growth and let your faith bloom. Available now.